who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, Jenny here. Before we get started, I wanted to let those of you in the Chicago area know I'll be playing at Beat Kitchen on Friday, October 21st. You can snag tickets at BeatKitchen.com. Hope to see you there, and I hope you wear fangs. Hey, what about me? Uh, what about you? Well, I, it's just that I'm going to be in New York City in case anybody wants to see me there, but I can't sing. I can talk about gender and sexuality. Ooh. So, you know, if you're in New York City and you're into that kind of thing, you should come on down to Blue Stockings on the 21st of October, where I will be participating in the 7th Annual New York City Intersex Awareness Day event. Uh, downtown Blue Stockings. You can find all the details on my social media. Nice. Yeah. Now that everyone knows where we'll be on October 21st, <laughs> let's get into it. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we're watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And this week we'll be talking about season one, episode five, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. What a great rule of thumb. <laughs> Stay tuned at the end of this podcast this week and every week for a recap song that we'll be writing and recording and editing onto the end of this episode. And um, wow, what... A great time to be alive. Uh, before we start talking about Never Kill a Boy on a First Date, we have some, an important addendum to last week's episode. We forgot something, and we are deeply shamed. Yes. I am deeply shamed because I feel like, I don't know why, but I feel like it was my responsibility to remember the Sexual Tension Award. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> I've really carried the torch, and I really I let it drop last last week. But we're here. 
We have. I have a sexual tension award. I can't wait to hear who is it. Just the like, do you? Are you never going to have one? Is it just me? I dub. I the... will disagree with you if if I must. But usually, I think I'll probably side with you. Okay. Well, I've done some thinking, and for uh, season uh, season one, episode four, my sexual tension award goes to Xander and Blaine. Because of their time together in the cage. Yeah, because like because like two dudes talking about how they totally aren't virgins locked in a cage. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of sexual tension there. Agree. Plus, I like Hard to agree. keep it as gay as I can. I know you do. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you do you Oof. accept? I totally accept. There right. was like straw at the bottom of that cage, right? Yeah, there was. Like, yeah. hey, it was kind of like a giant hamster cage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, we've moved past the cage. And how. Okay, so something is different in the room today. It feels different. It feels different in here. It looks different in here. Very different. And that is because today we have our very first guest. Writer, cartoonist, artist, Kate Leth with us. What? What? (laughs) It's me. I feel like in the edit, like, we need to put, like, an apl- like a giant, like, swell of applause there yes, yes. for that, for Kate, because that's how, what I felt in my just heart. Just, like, the, fa- the sound of confetti poppers <laughs> and, like, people just, like, weep- <laughs> weeping. If you can catch the sound of, like, single tears but from a multitude of people, that'd be just, like, Yeah, yeah, really I've got a whole, whole library of Perfect. that ready to go. That's great. That's awesome. Every time someone comes over, you haven't been asked to give your <laughs> single tear recording yet. <laughs> You'll be doing that before you leave. That'd be great. Um, I feel like there's so many reasons to be excited to have you here with us, Kate. Oh, thank you. One of them is that you brought so many fun toys for us. Truly. I was really excited. (laughs) I am very honored as well. Like being, being in the room, being in the room of this podcast is like, wow, (laughs) I feel the power. Was it, was it what you imagined? Does it look, does it look like where you thought this podcast was recorded? I mean, I thought there would be like possibly more cloaks and candles, yeah. but it's pretty close. Jenny does that. have a um. What do you call that la- lamp? That ionic oh the, pink the, lamp, the salt lamp, the salt lamp. Yeah, she has a Himalayan salt lamp that would cast a reddish glow. That mm-hmm. would make you more comfortable. Well, I mean, we've got sort of that deep orange hue going on here. The lighting is very choice. I'm <laughs> very you. happy. It is not <laughs> want for anything. Um, but yeah, I came prepared. I had I brought goodies. Yeah. Um. So much. So many things. I like I can't decide if I want to start by talking about the episode or start by talking about what I just found in one of the goodies that you brought with you. Oh man. I don't know. I mean, I feel like this choice lays on your shoulders. Oh, great. Just like the sexual tension award. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I have some entries in this episode for that too, because <laughs> Lord knows I live and die by gay sexual tension in TV nice. shows. Nice. <laughs> well, okay. I'm okay. So one of the things that Kate brought is the script. To the entire season one. Like well, the first six episodes. Oh, the first six episodes. Yes, which is that, pretty like, exciting. You just, you, it just arrived in the mail. Well, my boyfriend ordered it um, because, as you do, um, he found it for, like, a second hand for, like, $3 on the oh, internet. Oh, my God. And apparently we're buying the rest of them. So <laughs> we're, we're going to do that. I'm pretty excited. So it's the actual shooting scripts, too, that they, that they used, um, which is really neat because sometimes it actually differs from what's on the show ah. because you know stuff changes on the day or whatever but um yeah it's pretty cool yeah wow. I was it was very accurate I was flipping through and the lines that I read were the lines that I had just seen mm-hmm. from this episode um and like at, right after we finished watching and I was flipping through and like everybody was off doing their thing and I flipped to a page that 
said Cordelia and a Cordette enter. And I hadn't seen that and I am dying. A Cordette. A Cordette. A fucking Cordette. It's pretty good. It's so good. That is like what I aspire. Like I would like a title like that. My business card should say like Kristen Russo. Do you know how easy it would be for us to get to make like pins that just said Cordette oh and we can wear them? Because yes. listen, <laughs> I want to make that happen. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like you. It was like you took what I wanted and made it what I actually wanted. I was I like, live. I want to be it. I want a business card. What do I want, Kate? <laughs> You want a pin or a button or a patch or like a crown or a tattoo, something just to really solidify your feelings about Cordelia, which I absolutely share and want to get into eventually in this episode because there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe you could start by telling us like some about something about your relationship to Buffy. Well, um, it's intense. Uh, it's long running. So, OK, I try and boil it down because it's I, I mean, I could talk for like several hours. Um, but I, I started watching Buffy in real time when it was airing, um, probably early into season two, I think, um, I, I'm from Canada and the place that I grew up, we got Buffy a day early for some reason, because it was still on the WB when it was first airing (laughs) and on ASN Atlantic something network, literally, um, (laughs) it was on Monday nights instead of Tuesday nights. So we always got it first, but this was also sort of before, the internet at large. Yeah. So it wasn't like we could spoil it or whatever. Anyway, so um, that always felt really special. But yeah, I think I think we started watching it in the beginning of season two and then sort of went back and watched season one. And then, yeah, watched it every week until the end, the bitter end, and then started reading the comics and watching Angel and, like, you know, all of those things. I have a Buffy tattoo. Um, what? Yeah, I have a tattoo of Mr. Pointy on my arm. Oh, yes, right that's right. Jenny right. yeah. um, showed me this. <laughs> it's no big deal. <laughs> well, we'll have to document that um, also for, for social media yeah. so it, they can see your Mr. Pointy. <laughs> and um, in junior high school, I would say, I my very first, maybe second website, because I think my first website was about Digimon. I um, was really into that for a period of time. And then... Maybe Buffy was before that, actually. I, I had a website on GeoCities called Kate's Buffy Haven back when GeoCities <laughs> was like, and this is, this is such an internet thing, but when GeoCities was divided into places, you know, it was like GeoCities slash Hollywood or yeah. GeoCities slash mine was in Area 51 because that was for all the sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I was in a lot of Buffy-related web rings. There were a lot of animated oh GIFs. I had an entire page that was just um, Sarah Michelle Gellar when she was a brunette. I don't know why. Because, I mean, she's naturally a brunette, and it was like Buffy, you know, natural. <laughs> um, Whoa! Yeah, so Buffy and I go way back, and I have probably re- rewatched the series upwards of ten or fifteen times. It is, it's very real. Yes. Yeah, I feel like you and Jenny. This is the only place I can be honest about that, and I'll be like, oh yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I like it. This is Fine. a safe space. Yeah. Yeah, this is a safe Buffy space. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of your relationship to the show, too. I mean, I never had a GeoCities <laughs> website about Buffy, but I wish that I had. Do you think we can access that stuff? I tried, because um, there are services where you can kind of track down, like, old websites, mm-hmm. things that are sort of saved. And there there are shells of the, the Digimon version, <laughs> but oh the Buffy God. one, I think, is is lost 
God. Is lost uh, in the ether. What a horrible Why? loss. It was just mostly photo galleries and my <laughs> comments on them. Right. Like, great shirt or Buffy looks good in baby blue. Oh which, is which is true. Which is true. Buffy does look great like Giles, in baby blue. looking serious. Oz, <laughs> also what true. What a hunk. Stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This is... I mean, we're we're on one of the earliest episodes. I like that I got to come in on season one of the ground floor. Yeah. This is this is my first watch through season one. And some of the episodes I've remembered things. And this one was like blank slate. I didn't know anything. I was like, is Owen the anointed one? Like I was oh, all man. I was like in it. And the two of you were like knowing every detail, carrying the script to my house. You know what I mean? <laughs> You wish Owen was the anointed one. Owen carrying so. on the the time honored tradition of the character that is introduced in the first five minutes of the episode, like they've been in the show from the beginning. Yeah, which happens all the time on Buffy, where they're like, "Oh, so and so, yeah, I, we're friends and have a relationship," and then they're just gone by the end of the episode, never to be heard from again. Yeah, that threw me off uh-huh. because that moment when he walks in, everybody's like, oh, it's just Owen. And I was like, did I miss a thing? Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't try. I, I I don't know. I think because I didn't know anything that was happening in this episode, I really didn't trust anything. And I was like, it must be Owen. Like, of course, Buffy would have a crush on the boy that is like actually the demon, you know. Well, I mean, in an in another way, I suppose, but no, not not this guy. Right, <laughs> not right. This guy. Uh, <laughs> um, one of the first things that I noticed in this episode was that I think that Buffy is getting better at fighting. Uh, like, not the character, but Sarah Michelle Geller is like getting a little bit. Yeah, yeah, she's getting because a couple episodes ago, I was like, "What is happening?" Well, I'm on a separate watch through with my boyfriend, and we are yeah, we're doing our fall revision. And we're into season three where she's gotten pretty competent. I mean, the, the, you know, you can still really, really tell the stunt doubles, but she can run and like throw a punch. Right. And so going back and watching this one, which I only watched about a month ago, it's jarring. Yeah. yeah she has a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. She did do a backflip. I mean, somebody did a backflip in this episode, which I think is the first time that we saw her like do an acrobatic move. No, she does some nonsense stuff in The Harvest uh, when they're fighting at the bronze. Oh, okay. She does some goofy, unnecessary whatnots. Flipping. Twisting. Too much flipping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is like slightly better than it was just a few episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Owen, great name. Did anybody else read Emily Dickinson in high school? Oh, my God. Uh, I did not. No. I did. And let me tell you what it does not get you. Small, blonde cheerleader types. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, in rewatching this, even a month ago, I remember it was like the memory was coming to me as I was watching it of Owen's Emily Dickinson thing. And as he started to say it, I was like, no, just no, like no boy who looks like that mm-hmm. in high school is like, oh, by the way, I read really emotional women poets <laughs> like that did not happen that unless he saw or read on the Internet that like this will get you girls. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's insane. It's insane. Maybe that's me. why I thought that he was, the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Something didn't yeah. add up. And maybe that's what it was, mm-hmm. that I did not understand what was happening. And, like, Buffy, get it together. 
I, so my favorite thing, and <laughs> mm. I wrote it down for instances in this episode, is the fact that Owen is, he's cast as this dreamboat, right? Buffy's like head over heels for him. And I know that we're supposed to be like, Buffy, chill out. But first of all, their interaction is introduced when he basically accuses her of being illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, and not if, if he's not saying that specifically, he's like, oh, I didn't think you were smart. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't think you liked poetry. Um, later, he comes back to be like, I didn't think you could tell time. Oh, my God. Here's how a watch works. And then, and then actually literally explains how a watch works. Ugh. It's incredible. There's like three instances in this episode where he basically insinuates that Buffy does not have a totally standard method of just dealing with the world or like a totally standard piece of human interaction. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a dream. Yeah. Yeah. She's blind. Like she's blinded by the light. Blinded by it. And I mean, I get it. His teenagers are nothing but horny and I get that. <laughs> but also like Buffy, come I on. I know you, I, right? But she, they, and they like, they push it really hard. They push it really hard. And she, like, she has this whole thing with Cordelia in this episode, mm -hmm. which is really rough too. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, everyone, I think at this point knows I will cling to Cordelia as tightly as I can. Oh, um, I, I didn't like the dynamic that was happening between them in this episode, especially there's a moment that was very upsetting in the cafeteria. Oh, yeah. Right? When yeah. Buffy knocks into Cordelia and then is like, oh, I guess her hips are just really big. Yeah, like literally uh, a minute after she's like, does this dress make me look fat? Yes. They do away with that. I mean, that that whole thing just kind of disappears Yeah, later like in the season, but it was pretty cringeworthy. Yeah, that wasn't that was not a great thing. And, and as somebody like who is more familiar with the later seasons, I was like, have I did I miss this? So, okay, so I didn't. They're definitely still finding their feet in terms of the writing yeah. and the interactions cuz <laughs> yikes. Um yikes part 2 is that fucking fruit punch mouth is back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so upset about it. <laughs> I really enjoyed your description of that because he is his face is so bad. It's the worst. It's so it, bad. Like, hey, he can't talk. There's so much makeup and prosthetics <laughs> going on in his face that he can barely speak. Also, the way he moves yeah. around <laughs> is <laughs> very bizarre. Like, There's a great moment in this episode where he's got like one knee up on something, <laughs> just leaning to tell a story, and it is <laughs> insane. Uh, I just, Jenny has this thing. Um, with what is it like porous items um, that make her like if she sees like a pumice stone or like the inside of a pepper or a pumpkin. Oh, interesting. It, I don't know. Do you want to explain what it does? Oh, to it's your... just terrible. It's just terrible. It makes my scalp tingle and like it just wow. makes me so unhappy. Yeah, that what I see in you when that happens is how I feel every time this character mm. comes on. Like it's like my my body hates it. My yeah. body hates everyone. <laughs> my body it. hates it. <laughs> it's bad. Like his whole face, his whole scene is just bad. The master is just bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's <just> bad. <laughs> no redeeming qualities. And I mean, I love him for being sort of the first villain, and he does get a lot of really funny lines. Like, the character is great. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the master's character, but, oh, he is just a pickle to look at. <laughs> <laughs> I 
it also, for some like for some reason, it makes me die laughing that he is still stuck in that bubble. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, for I'm, for a long while after this, <laughs> too. Just like, every time his little hand touches the thing, I'm like, and it makes that little yeah. wibble wobble yeah. noise. Yeah. It's great. Uh, I love his scene, his like house. Because it's supposedly underneath a church. I feel like they make reference at some point to the master's lair mm-hmm. being under a church. Because I don't think he's directly under the Hellmouth. I don't remember. No, because I should know this. later we find out exactly where the Hellmouth precisely is. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say it no, here. Don't. But like we can talk about it later. No. Uh, but I believe what we know about the master is, at this point, is that he was trying to open a gate yeah. right to, into a hell dimension. And... He was in a church, mm-hmm. right? And then the church sort of collapsed. Or there was an earthquake at the time. So, yeah. Some kind of so vibe he's, like he's that. He's under a church. But it it just physically just, like, doesn't make sense. And also, I mean, the church collapsed. But did he send people out for those candles? And, like, <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> happens? That, like, how do people get in and out of it? Is there a staircase? Because it's, it's basically it's just he's trapped. Like everybody yeah, else, everyone can, else walk can come and go. Person. Yeah, which must be such a bummer. And like, how did he? Like, he obviously has these minions. Yeah, who, who I don't understand why they're his minions because like he does nothing that would encourage um, servitude. Yeah. yeah, minionhood. <laughs> He's just mean, how and he's he, trapped. Does he, they like, yell out leave. of the hole? Like, Ray, hey, how did he hey, get them to begin my with? Servant. Well, well, he's, because he's he's promising them, right, he's promising them, like, eternity and a mm. life of... But he's been trapped underground for 100 years. Yeah. yeah, but, like, have you ever heard of, like, cult leaders? You know, their reasonings <laughs> are not that strong either, but, you know, they have a certain something. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of... Is a follower mentality yeah. to the vampires of Sunnydale. They're uh-huh, always uh-huh. looking for leadership. Right. That's <laughs> true. Someone just has to step up to the plate and take it. And, and he this... kills them constantly. Yeah. I mean, they go down like flies. Them. Yeah, but they just always come back for more. Yeah, sure. They're like, please, can I kiss your ring, you know? Guys, right. you should really work for the master. You get to hang out in a dank church. <laughs> he pays you nothing and you might die. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. And he's stuck in a wibble wobble bubble. <laughs> but he's the best game going. Yeah. What else are you gonna do? Um also I, I don't I don't know if we're like going not chronologically or whatever, but the guy on the bus, you guys. Yeah. Well, what is his uh he's called Militia Man in the script. Militia Man. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. that's good. Mm-hmm. Thank God you brought that script. We know what to call people. Yeah, it's really know. useful. I was right? gonna call him like the anointed non-anointed. That would have been my name for him because I was like, oh, he's... The unointed one. The, oh, nice. <laughs> it only really works on paper if you yeah. say it out loud. It's <laughs> exactly the same. Um, yeah, he he is fantastic. And the stuff he says throughout the episode... Oh, my God. Pork and beans? Pork and beans. <laughs> pork and beans. I, oh, what is... Like, I, he, I, he is singing. I feel him singing through me. <laughs> His something. Oh, I wrote down one of my favorite things that he says is when he's talking about how everyone has sin, and then he says it's a liquid. <laughs> what yes. does that mean? Yeah, I want to know who wrote just his thing. Just his they're lines. They're so funny. They're great. Yeah, they're, they're just great. <laughs> just yeah. his whole character is really he's, special. He's absurd. Yeah, I wish he hadn't been. I wish he was the anointed I one. I know. I thought. Instead, I mean, we have a lot better. And bowl cut. 
Oh, see, and I don't like I. I you don't I get, know. You don't know. I get know. the room sense that you both know more about the anointed than me. Well, he, I... I believe I don't think it's a spoiler to say he's lovingly dubbed the annoying one oh, <laughs> by okay. fans and characters alike. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to. So you guys usually go. You go through this episode like in order, kind of, and uh, break we, it down. We, we always attempt like, to. Uh, yeah, we jump, always yeah. attempt to go in order, yeah. and we don't. Um, you know, there's like, I mean, I I want to talk about obviously like some larger themes that mm-hmm. happened in this episode. But and we... I'm really interested in doing a Buffy fashion watch. Yeah, because I am. Oh Lord, heavily mercy. invested in Buffy fashion. <laughs> why don't Why don't we start? Why don't we start there? Okay, because I have a few things I just really want to point out. Please, please, um, as like important moments, and also other things to like watch for as you're watching this <laughs> series. Because, again, <laughs> I know this show really well. Okay, first of all, Buffy is at her peak wispy bangs in this episode. Mm. They are so good. <laughs> they're so, they're, sometimes they're straight, sometimes they're curly, but they're all framing her face, like, perfectly. Uh-huh. Yeah. They won't get in her way in battle. It's just a really good look. And Buffy has a lot of hair looks, but this is definitely one of my favorites. Also, this episode has one of my top favorite Buffy outfits of all time, which is... Her enormous puffy tiger print hoodie. Oh yes. my word! She wears, yeah, I wrote it down, and I also wrote, "Oh my god, just fuck me up," and like a bunch of hearts around it. It is. That's and it the hood up. The yes. hood up. It's so good. So this is like this whole season. Buffy's entire look is like butterfly clips and mini dresses so short mm-hmm. you could not bend over that she fights vampires in yeah <laughs> you can't even like lean to the no, side in those you dresses can't. you They're can't it's impossible short. um it's it's a it's a kind of a good era but my points for this episode in terms of fashion because i know you want to know please what i care yeah. the most about are buffy's cheetah print jacket and also cordelia's crimped hair Ooh. i you were my witnesses. I, like, squealed yeah. when that happened. I was like, no, she didn't. She yeah. crimped her hair. I'm already, I already struggle to, like, hold the love <laughs> I have for Cordelia. <laughs> so when she goes and does something like that. Mm-hmm. Plus, wow. she's paired it with, like, that that dark, sheer black collared shirt that she's got tied into a midriff <laughs> exposing situation. Yeah. It's just so good. Cordelia has so many good looks in season one. Buffy's pretty consistent. She's always wearing those brown boots. Mm-hmm. Always. Yep. She loves them. I think they could only afford one pair of boots on this show. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they had to spend all the money on like sugar glass and breakable tables. <laughs> so Buffy has one pair of boots. Anyway, huh. that's my Buffy fashion watch. Wow. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm two for two with you. Those mm-hmm. were the only fashion notes I took were that cheetah hoodie yes. that I would like to own. It's so good. It's so she looks so cool. In she's that so cute in it because she's so tiny and with like those straight black legging pants she's got going on. Yeah. It's it's perfect. Oh, and the '90s for leggings. I'll tell you what. Oh, she has this great line in this episode, speaking of the 90s, where she's talking to, (laughs) right? She's talking to Giles, and she's like, I can slay and have a social life. It's the 90s. The 1990s, in fact. A woman can do both. It's amazing. Nailed it, Buffy. Yeah. Which, like... I don't want to move us too quickly out of the fashion realm. Jenny, do you have any any fashion? There is just like this one light blue, vaguely tie-dyed looking shiny Oh my tank god, I wrote top. that down too. It's like oh, elastic like... sateen or yes. something. <laughs> and it's a crop top, but it's it has like an elastic band, so it's like yes. cinched. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, and it has like yes. a bullseye. Yeah. Print. That's tie dye. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, I mean, that's good too. Buffy and Baby Blue. <laughs> Your favorite, great, Baby Blue. You should get back to that GeoCity site. Put that up there. (laughs) Oh, there was definitely a picture of that shirt somewhere on that (laughs) website. Um, But yeah, I since I brought up Giles and the slaying and the dating, that was the the large arc that I wanted to talk about for a minute because I know that like we're five episodes in, and the first four we sort of like got a little bit of a taste of the fact that Buffy lives this dual life. Um, but this was really like the, I feel like we really got into it in this episode where she just wants to date and she can't like her dates are ruined and like Giles and her have this moment where he's like are you you can't tell him what you are which is one of the first times that we kind of like learn that she has to really conceal this and that if she ever like wants to date somebody she can't tell them about who she is um, and it was like a really sad, heavy piece of the episode. Well, yeah, because I mean, almost every other character introduced at this point finds out she's mm-hmm. a vampire slayer almost right yeah. away. So, yeah. yeah. She'll just have to date one of them. Oh, Xander is campaigning pretty hard. Oh, my God. This for is a certain candidate. This is like peak horrible Xander. It's in this really episode. the worst. It's so grating. And he. I I am not by any means a Xander apologist. I do not like Xander. And it's so <laughs> funny because when the show was on, I loved him. You know, I'm, I I was a teenager right. and he was a boy on TV. So <laughs> like, whatever. I was definitely more in love with Willow, but you know, I would come to figure that out later. Um, <laughs> but Xander, he gets like a little bit okay in season two. And then just like terrible again. Uh, <laughs> but he is so bad in season one. Yeah. This episode, every time Buffy's like mentions anything, he's like, What what if you touched me? <laughs> what if, I don't have you considered my body? <laughs> <laughs> he's awful. He's he's really very pouty and very mm-mm. and also viewing this episode with you, Kate, was mm-hmm. a joy. Because you just see me over in the corner, yes, and shaking your whisper. head, like you would like whisper under your breath, like "Oh, Xander!" Like <laughs> every, every time he like did anything, and it was really enjoyable. It's so fun. I can't stand him. He's... Oh, but he he really was a nightmare this episode. Yeah. Yeah, he did some really messed up stuff. Just beyond being an annoying, will you touch my body? He like slut shames Buffy. Yes. He, like he, this was not this was not good for Xander. He no. did have one really great moment. Oh yeah, uh, where he they're in the cafeteria and he asks Buffy how the slaying went, and she's like Xander, oh, yeah. and he's like oh. I mean, how'd the laying go? <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there because there's so much to be unhappy about that sometimes it's easy to forget mm-hmm. the nice moments. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm glad that you gave us one shining moment from <laughs> Xander. The rest yeah. of it was just a flaming train wreck. Well, there's like that whole sequence where Buffy's getting dressed for her date. Uh, and he's like, uh, yeah, uh, I know. Come on. <laughs> And she's like, which lipstick should I wear? And he says, oh, for when you kiss him and he tells the whole school and everyone loses respect for you? Oh, yes. my Lord. Sander, eat a bag of dicks. Seriously. Like, what is that? It's not unrealistic for a teenage boy to say that. So, sure, like, I sure, buy sure, sure. it, but it's terrible. Buy, but, like, 
Uh, the fucking adjusting the mirror, adjusting the yes. mirror with his back to. Uh, yeah, he's actually, trying to creep I was conf- on them. I was confused. What, yeah, he's what's... adjusting the mirror because Buffy's changing uh, and he's trying to see her naked. Because he's a creep. Yeah, he needs to get his shit together. Yeah, he does. He really does. Because, you know what's frustrating is that, like, he's, he's driving me crazy as a feminist, mm-hmm. but also, like, is one of the Slayerettes and is, like, you know, supposed to be part of the team. So I have a lot of conflicted feelings because as as the Slayerettes, they were they were pretty present this episode. They ran, they fought Giles, they got Buffy, they distracted Owen. Like, they were hard at work. And I want to just be like, yeah, Xander, great job. But then he's got this whole thing going on where he can't get his act together and he treats Buffy. Ugh. It's bad. And you're right. I mean, the Slayerette moments in this episode are great. And Willow's Willow's there. Xander's there. They're doing it. They're getting involved. They're showing us how important they are. They are. They're doing a great job. And in those moments, they're great. But Xander. Yeah. I guess if there's two versions of everyone that knows about the slaying, I'm I'm okay with Slayer at uh, Xander. Mm-hmm. I'm not okay with person Xander. Yeah. <laughs> I'm drawing the line there. He really He's pissed bad. me off this episode. Yeah. Buffering, a rewatch adventure, is sponsored by Care Of. Care Of is a health and wellness company that ships high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. All you do to get started is take a short, simple online quiz about your lifestyle and health goals, and Care Of will give you doctor-backed recommendations. Their app helps you track how you're feeling and play back insights about your results over time so you can actually adjust your routine as your needs change. It's very cool. My number one health goal in this and every season is keeping my energy at maximum capacity. (laughs) A lot of little tributaries feed into that larger stream and contribute to your energy level. But a really important one is B vitamins. B for bright, for bubbly, for buoyant, for feeling better. B for buffering. I think the vitamin B is working, Jenny. (laughs) I think so, too. For 50% off your first Care Of subscription order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code REWATCH50. That's 50% off your first Care Of subscription order. Just go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code REWATCH50. During Women's History Month, come explore what feminism means to you with nonfiction storytelling podcast Thread the Needle. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I'll use my background in journalism to dive into topics that matter to women today. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, oh, there was another thing I wanted to point out for your future viewing because I noticed it. (laughs) Listen, I'm setting a lot of stuff up. Okay, so in this episode, Buffy goes into the bronze and there's a sign outside that says DJ Night No Cover. And there is a girl facing the sign wearing um, what I believe are sparkly lame magenta bell bottoms. They use that shot or the shot before it as like a B-roll multiple times in season one. Oh, man. And, you, and it's great because there's there's at least once where they'll be like, oh, we're going to the bronze tonight. There's a band playing. And then the establishing shot, you can see this girl in her magenta pants and it says DJ Night No Cover. 
Wow. And it happens, I'm pretty sure, at least two or three times. So just keep an, keep a weather eye Did you that. discover Ooh. that on your own? Like, Yeah, you... yeah. In the in the recent rewatch, because we we watched a bunch of them in one night. And I was like, wait, it's not DJ night. There's a there's a band player. It's like the one where Chibo Mato shows up or whatever. Not to right. spoil that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but I believe there's a shot and it's like, DJ night, no cover. And But the pants are so noticeable. And I right. believe she's wearing like a feathery white sweater as oh well gosh. just you would think they would use a less noticeable extra but although like as a as an extra do you just get paid for the one shot or do you get like oh, royal- you're not getting paid anymore when they reuse it no you only get like oh, man. the day rate usually that girl somewhere is real annoyed about <laughs> <that>. <laughs> they took advantage of her shot it's a great establishing shot <laughs> um so kate you said you had um Speaking of sexual tension, oh, we, yeah. we forgot, but we're not forgetting this episode. Hell no. You said you have some <laughs> nominees. Okay, so I have my sexual tension slash, I mean, is sexual tension and gayest moment separate? Cause I, I, I mean, you, I don't know. There's a really great moment when Cordelia comes up to harass Buffy and Owen because they're mm-hmm. dancing together. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you came here alone, which is such a good burn. And then Buffy's like, we want to be alone now. And does that like swing around him, which is very sexual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Um, yeah. And then Cordelia's like, fine. And she winks and half sticks out her (laughs) tongue at Buffy. (laughs) And it goes by so fast, but it's just like, hey. And it blows my mind every time because it looks like absolutely like she's like, catch you later, Buffy. Maybe that's me reading too much into it. It probably is. But it's a great little cutaway shot. So that's a great moment. I do think, I mean, the most tension is probably Angel and Owen. Seriously. Pissing contest over So much smoldering. It's nuts. That part is ridiculous. I'm still trying to, like, I'm trying to pretend like I'm in the conversation. But you see, I didn't see the wink from Cordelia. So I'm reeling over here that that (laughs) happened and I missed it. It's so fast. So it probably doesn't even count. But I do look forward to it every time. Oh, I mean, it counts. (laughs) It counts, Kate. She's got that crimped hair going on. She's just looking so choice. But you, you you are our guest and you are going to give it to... I mean, yeah, for the tension, I would say probably. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could you could do it for. I mean, I just don't. Xander doesn't deserve because it's not tension when it's Xander. It's just it's sad. Yeah, but there is a lot of um, when he does that because Angel shows up, and you know there has to be that awkward introduction Mm -hmm. because Buffy's on a date with Owen. I do like I like how she goes. I'm here on a date with him. Which is cool that she yeah. like stands up for her dude and isn't like, oh hey angel, yeah here's some guy. Yeah, right. yeah, I yeah. liked that. That's yeah. a nice moment. But when he's like, yeah, I know her from work. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, also, and you know her from work. There's a great yeah. Their their attention is great. Yeah. The way that he said that. The way that Angel says, hey. Yeah, Owen. <laughs> they're introduced. It's so good. Angel's whole situation <gasps> in that moment oh is my, my favorite. And then when 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 Buffy pulls Owen aside to be like, "Listen, there are two me's, and part of me has to go, and part of me wants yes. to stay." And Angel is framed between yes, them, yes. and he's just like so intensely watching mm-hmm. every moment. Uh, he's so just good. like a blurry, jealous angel. He's just so horny for it. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. God, I love a jealous angel. Yes. I love a jealous angel. He, that's peak angel. You yeah. guys were talking about it. Um, I I listened to the podcast. Um, Great. You. <laughs> in I think the witch episode, you were talking about how Angel is never this good again, and I completely agree. 
Season one, Angel is like, he's funnier. He's weirder. He's got more of a personality. He doesn't spend all his time whining. <laughs> he does a little bit. He does a right, little bit, right. but he gets like, he gets some really good, funny and good character moments in season one. Yeah. I, yeah. I like season one, Angel. I mean, he's so mysterious mm-hmm. and odd. Because they don't know much about him yet at this point, right? No. Don't know anything. Not know anything. Yeah, nothing. We only Good learned his at. name like two episodes ago. Angel. He only smiled for the first time last episode. <laughs> yeah. And in this one, you learn that he's so into Buffy. Yeah. It's so been like into it. brewing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this episode, he's definitely like... I wanted this, and now, I mean, really, God, it's like every guy at the bar is, it's the Bronza bar. I just made it a bar. I I do not understand that. I have never understood it because an establishment like the Bronze never existed anywhere where I grew up yeah. because um, I, I know it's different in the States where sometimes they do like wet dry bars, stuff like that, where you can go in if you're under age and not drink. I know it's not super common, but it exi- but that's like not a thing where I come from. You can only go to the bar if you are 19 or older because 19 is our drinking age. Wow, yeah. 19. We're in Canada. Yeah. It's great. Or in, in Quebec, it's 18. So get wow. buck wild. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I would watch the bronze and be like, how are they there? Like you couldn't, there's nowhere in Canada that you could just go to a bar when you're 17 and like order a cappuccino. Like that, that doesn't exist. Yeah. Because it is a bar because they get drunk there later and yeah, yeah. there is beer. Right. And plus, like, I mean, I don't think my high school, like, I don't think when I was in high school, we hung out like that. Like, we would go to coffee shops sometimes, but we were never, like, getting, like, going home and getting ready to go out and then, like, going out to a club. Yeah, that doesn't, and where, how are they paying for this? They're in high school. None yeah. of them. Well, have it's DJ night. There's no cover. That's true. There is no cover. <laughs> <laughs> but also, this again, actually, literally in this episode, it says DJ night no cover, and there is a band playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I totally didn't even put that together. It's true. Oh I didn't god, remember it because I wrote down the about the singer most '90s outfit <laughs> because she has incredibly straight, center parted uh-huh. black hair. That cheetah print mini dress and a long black leather trench coat and super dark yes. lips. Yeah, yes, she's yes, yes. she's really going for it too. Yeah. she's like she's pulling out a lot of the like Kristen Russo lip sync moves oh during her performance. It's very. Do we know who that is? Yeah, that band is called Velvet Chain. Oh, mm. very not God nineties nineties super nineties so name good. and so good. She just looks like Beth Gibbons from Portishead, but like. Like, like she looks like a person who is way too, like, bubbly in life to be Beth Gibbons, mm-hmm. uh, trying to, like, do a Beth Gibbons impression, but, like, moving in a more sort of, like, animated, like, way bigger bends are happening than you would ever see, yeah. you know, in Portishead. Yeah, she's she's going for it. They, I love that they always have bands at the bronze that are, like... <laughs> background music like they never they very rarely have a band that is like a rock band right if people come in and play really soft sad acoustic <laughs> songs well like but not acoustic you know what i mean it's like a very particular genre that joss was probably really into yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and like that no one really seems to know how to dance to yeah oh well, my like, god no like chibomato shows up and like how do you dance like with, with a anyway it's yeah. great 
it's with I a love slow it. shoulder, like a really slow shoulder roll. There's yeah. a lot. Buffy is Sarah Michelle Gellar can rock a shoulder roll. That is like a <laughs> signature dance move. You know what I'm not looking forward to is just like thinking about all of the dancing that I know I'm going to see Sarah Michelle Gellar do, and thinking about how I was feeling when we were watching the cheerleaders do uh-huh. their synchronized cheer, which. So, you know, makes me very yeah, uncomfortable. I, I heard that. And that was not what I was expecting. I was expecting like, oh, it gives me like happy tingles. Yeah, no. Yeah, but I don't no, know. It makes me very uncomfortable. I'm, um, I'm not just one thing. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> I'm multi-layered. As Cordelia says, what? I can't have layers? <laughs> not in this episode. Yay. But later on. Stay forever, Kate. She's <laughs> stay about, forever. She, they're, I think it's in season three when they're talking about their, like the SATs are coming up. And she's like, I'm excited. I test well. And everyone yeah, stares yeah. at her. Uh, what? I can't have layers? It's great. Bless her. Bless yeah. her sweet crimped I hair. I love Cordelia. And it has been such a gradually accumulating and, and uh, forming love. Because obviously, when I was a teen watching Buffy, I hated Cordelia. Right, 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 right of course. She was the antagonist. You know, mm. I wasn't cool in high school. Big surprise. But... <laughs> <laughs> Your GeoCities, your GeoCities <laughs> sites didn't bring you into the shop. Unfortunately, it wasn't like Emily Dickinson. I couldn't just bring that to the library and pick up all the hot girls. But um, no, I. So I hated Cordelia, and then, you know, when I rewatched it in college, I had sympathy for her because she goes through a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, she she has quite. A, but you know, my my feelings about it now are that up until. On on the duration of her time on the show, on her tenure, I think she has, next to Buffy, the best character arc. Like, what she starts from and who she becomes and what she goes through. For sure. Yeah. She's amazing. Good thing there's a song for this part. <laughs> I said it, so we like put it up. In case you don't know, the the go oh, ahead, yeah. tell them, Jenny. Tell yeah, them. yeah. We should let you know that beautiful Cordelia appreciation jingle that you just heard uh, is available for iPhone users in your iTunes store as a ringtone or ad. Ah, that's what I was gonna say. One, uh, somebody on Twitter said, I, I bought this, but not for a ringtone. I bought it for my alarm. <gasps> what a way to wake up. And oh I God. woke this morning, this very morning, I woke up to Cordelia. I was so excited. Jenny was like passed out. And I was like, good morning. I'm ready <laughs> oh to God. go. That wow. is such a good idea that I am going to adopt <laughs> yeah. immediately. It's a beautiful thing to wake up to in the morning. Oh it's really, really fun. She is so good. I mean, I love Willow and I don't love Xander, but Willow doesn't get a lot to do until she kind of starts getting into other things and like right. exploring herself a little bit more. Um, but yeah. Cordelia, man, she's got she goes through so much. Yeah, Willow is really like hacker Willow at yeah. this point. Yeah, Any, right. anybody anybody needs the internet, they go to Willow. Mm-hmm. She knows what's up. Willow, not to jump back into fashion, but like Willow's braids were on point this episode. They're great. She has Allison Hannigan at that point in her life had the sleekest hair. <laughs> oh my of god! Any human, I mean, just so smooth. Yeah, just like a silk like a, sheet, like, like a an auburn pouring from her yeah. head, like an. Like the difference between you and I, Jenny, and that. What did moment. you say? I was about like to say fancy. like a Pantene commercial, and you said what? Like an Auburn Panther. <laughs> 
or See, I thought you had said like an aubergine, and I was trying to parse that. Wait, is that an eggplant? Yes, it is. <laughs> I guess Where's they're sleek, smooth. Yeah, they're shiny. Cool. Yeah, sure, for sure. Uh, I don't know if I've ever said aubergine <laughs> ever. Well, now oh, you have. Owen's fucking pocket watch. Oh my god! <laughs> like, what? Are but you also, doing? And also the, the setup of the pocket watch and then the yes. completely non-explained, non-sequential shot of Xander's watch. Well, it's great because he's like, oh, I'm not as good as him because yeah, I have this watch. But like, you're, at least you're not the douchebag who has a pocket watch in high school. Who are you? Yeah, I'm telling you, I don't trust that guy. Oh. It doesn't add up. No, no. That is just not an accessory that you want in high school. Uh, you, you know, don't. You know what an accessory that you do want in high school is, though? A beeper. Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, Buffy's wow. beeper, which comes back, you know, a number of times in season one and then is, like, never, I think, spoken of again. I can't remember. <laughs> God. They, they just had some really nice close-ups of the beeper in this episode that made me happy. Oh, my word. So did you great. Did you both have beepers? No. Of course. I, what? I think I was... Were you aged I think out? I was a little young, because I think my first, like, technology that I had I didn't have a beeper my dad had a beeper I ever like a lot of people I knew but I think I was too young um by a couple years because my my first technology was one of those Nokia brick like cell phones oh, that could only oh, yes you could play snake on you that. could play snake oh. on it and I had that in like my last year of high school and it yeah. was like I wasn't allowed to take it to school like that kind of thing yeah God, so you were a little time. bit behind <laughs> yeah uh, yeah us well I did you have a beeper Jenny hell yes yeah my my best friend had two beepers. What? Wow. Yeah. Like yeah. in Clueless. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, Wait, what was the purpose in Clueless and what was the purpose in your life? It, he, he didn't have a purpose, but he used to joke about it. Like he would be like, oh, this one's for the this one's for the ladies to call me and this oh, one's no. for the, yeah. Wow. He no. was gay, so oh, okay. it was okay. Uh-huh, it uh-huh, wasn't, uh-huh. yeah. Instantly forgiven. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what a roller coaster I just went on. <laughs> Meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, Giles and his death newspapers, mm-hmm. always with a death newspaper, Giles is. Oh, I wanted to ask you, because you had like a visceral reaction when Giles pulled up to the funeral home in his car. Oh, you yeah. You like jumped out of your seat oh, and then sat my back down. God, because <laughs> the Sunnydale funeral home sign, their slogan is we'll take care of the rest. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, God. It's good. That's brilliant. You guys, mm-hmm. I don't know how I've never like taken strong note of this before, but in this episode, we learned that Giles comes from a line of watchers, his dad and his dad's mom. We're watching. Oh, yeah. yeah. And his dad sat him down when he was 10 and told him what his destiny was going to be. And he wanted to be a fighter pilot. He wanted to be a fighter pilot. Or perhaps a grocer. Or perhaps a grocer. Mm-hmm. Giles and Buffy in this moment. It's yeah. really sweet. And she's so worried when she's like, I could have gotten you. you gotten I, yeah. Me. Yeah. And, and also like his, I mean, he's like, he's shown a little bit of of like sympathy for the fact like I mean when with the whole cheerleading thing happened you know he was like rolling his eyes but also like you know Buffy sorry but this is your life and it's going to be hard to have a social life but I feel like it's 
Um, I don't know. The moment when, like, Owen says to her, well, I really want to I really want to do that again because I want to be near the danger. Mm. That, like, broke mm. my heart into 400 pieces because it was just, like, this moment for her where she was like, oh, right. Like, as much as I want a normal life, I won't ever be able to have it. And, like, she mm-hmm. keeps seeking it. Like, she wants to be on the cheerleader team and she wants to go on dates and – um, and she can't like no matter what she does, she can't. She is the slayer and she has to carry this weight. And so to have like her and Giles have this moment where he's just like, you know, on some level, I've had to make these sacrifices, too. And like I can be here with you and it sucks. Like, I feel like that's kind of the moment they have where he's like, it sucks, but like it's going to be OK. He's yeah, like, it's a really sweet exchange, you know, especially they, they start the episode pretty antagonistic mm-hmm. towards each other. <laughs> And they're, I love, I love their moments together. They're really sweet. And then, and then, you know, right when our hearts are full of a sweet moment, we have to go back to the worst place <laughs> in the world. <laughs> you know, like, can't they give me a minute in this show <laughs> nope. to have a moment without that mouth? <laughs> Head back on down to the snake hole. All right. <laughs> um, something that we haven't done yet. Jenny, is we haven't said the word. The patriarchy! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. All right. I can't believe it didn't naturally put that in there. I know, I know. I I mean, I don't want to force it, but we've made a commitment. Um, So you are our first guest Mm -hmm. ever. And um, we have something for you (gasps) because you are our first guest. So I'm maybe close your eyes and I'll get it. Okay. Okay. All right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Kate looked at me like maybe I was just pretending to tell yeah, her to like, close this, her eyes. Do okay, I lie? Reach out your yeah. left hand. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Okay. What is this? This is, this is your gift as our, as our okay, first guest I, ever. You can open them now. Yeah, you can open them. It's upside down. Oh, my God. This is a great, so great moment of suspense yeah. for our listeners. <laughs> what is it? There's <laughs> they sure they're are. Small, they're small, sexy. Go, go ahead, tell them, Kate. What? Well, they're deluxe custom vampire fangs, Kristen. <laughs> That's what they are. Tell them what they Tell oh them what you want. Oh, my God. I almost buy these every Halloween. <laughs> well, so I tried to order these when I was in high school because Canada, <laughs> we don't have anything. We're deprived of vampire fangs. You don't know what it's like up there. <laughs> but... And my cheeks hurt. I'm smiling so much right now. The picture on this box is a lady. And she's wearing, obviously wearing the Scarecrow vampire fangs. Yes. Love these fonts, by the way. (laughs) Just dying over these fonts. Um, Spared no expense on fonts. Um, She's like got fire coming off of her tongue. Bedroom eyes. I believe she has a tattoo. Scandal. <laughs> She's pretty scandalous. I also don't know if you've noticed in the bottom right-hand corner where it says Made in USA that the flag is shaped like a pair of fangs with a blood drop coming <laughs> off. What? I did not. So. Um, I did not. Wow. We, Small, um, sexy, deluxe we, vampire fangs. I'm and sorry. Jenny and I uh, Jenny and I have our own. Uh, we have a set each Yeah, as of well. course. So of course you do. The three of us now can... Be vampires whenever we want. I'm just like, I'm, this is the greatest. This is the best <laughs> thing. I'm so pleased. These will go to good use. I'm so glad. That is so great. They will, you guys, you're too good to me. You're too good to me. <laughs> Yay. 
I like I want I just want like I mean I want to watch every episode with you just because it's fun to watch oh, with I'm you. Around. <laughs> but I really want it because I love the Xander whisper. It's something that I'm gonna like. I feel yes. like I'm gonna hear it even when you're not there. You My know? boyfriend has gotten totally. used to it, but he will occasionally like side look at me when he's just like, "Oh my god, Xander! Oh yeah. my god, Xander! Shut up! Uh, oh my god, I hate you, Xander! It's bad. I I would love to come back at some point. I know you have a lot of very esteemed people, and I am excited to listen to it. But this has been an absolute joy. I mean, we would, I'm speaking for both of us, love to have you back. I can't wait Absolutely. to do the entire next episode wearing my small sexy. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. The next time that you're, yes, the next time that you're on, we should all wear our My opinion for... on Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be great. Um, wow. Kate, everyone listening has fallen in love with you. <laughs> Where can they find your work mm. and your person uh, on the well, internet a lot of different places yes. um uh, the hub is kateleth.com my last name's l-e-t-h because no one ever knows how to spell it for some reason even though it's only four letters yeah. um and yeah uh my twitter's kateleth my instagram's kateleth um i'm on patreon where you can read uh my sad comics about my feelings if you want which is also patreon.com slash kateleth it's all you just look up my name just google just some kateleth it's pretty straightforward <laughs> um i write uh hellcat for marvel i do that too ow, ow, ow. yeah mm-hmm. and uh that's kind of that's kind of my jam so many cool things that's fun and i talk about buffy a lot here and <laughs> elsewhere god and don't we can't we have to remember to get a picture of your mr pointy tattoo mm. your mr pointy tattoo and the amazing drawing that you made while we were oh, watching oh yes yes while viewing Kate's and i gotta sketched. tell you that i was actually wearing a buffy t-shirt earlier today and i changed out of it because i thought it was too much oh <laughs> never too much i got my mom bought me a really great sunnydale high slayers club t-shirt nice. what yeah uh, we need to get some buffy t-shirts in this family agree oh, man there's Why so many good ones any? out there i have a great one that's got spike buffy and willow on it and it says demons darkness dangerous women and i've had it for like nine years and i only wear it on special occasions because it's oh it's like falling apart. it's like falling apart yeah. <laughs> but it's so special to me wow yeah. Dangerous. They were like, what should the third D be? Yeah. And I love that the characters on it are Spike, Buffy, and Willow. Right. Like, what a weird <laughs> assortment of characters. <laughs> Great. Uh, but yes, please come back. I would love come to. Come back, come back. I would love to. That would be ideal. Thanks so much for joining us this week. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, and when I'm not watching Buffy, I'm usually writing and recording songs. You can learn more about me at JennyOwenYoungs.com, and you can give me a shout on Twitter at JennyOwenYoungs. I'm Kristen, and you can find my personal chatter and feminist rants over on Twitter at Kristen Nolene, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. When I'm not podcasting, I work to bring advice, resources, and laughter to LGBTQ young people and their families over at everyoneisgay.com and mykidisgay.com. Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter at BufferingCast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash BufferingCast. So join us there. And if you like what we do, you can now support us over on BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com by clicking on the donate button. Also, exciting news, because we all love her so much and her credentials are so solidly honed, Kate will be back on many future episodes doing installments of Buffy Fashion Watch. Hell yes. Oh, and just one more thing. 
no big deal, but we were featured in Entertainment Weekly this week. Oh, yeah. No so big deal. if there's still a copy of last week's Entertainment Weekly on your newsstand's newsstand, snag it. We're like on the second page. Yeah, we're like a must have. What are we called? A must watch. A must. We're on the must list. Oh, it's just a must. The must. Mm, the must. You must. And you are. So good work. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so until next time, Kate, will you join us yeah, in will Howling Like a Wolf? Oh, oh, yeah, there's a howling situation. Okay, yeah, let's yeah, do it. Let's yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Ooh. Okay, I think that nice. was great. I really felt your extra ooh, you know. I really got into that, yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. It seems like I can't go a week without some ancient prophecy tripping me up. Xander, shut up Thought I might get to have some fun But now there's this anointed one Threatening to rise From the ashes of five And I know I should stay focused And the world depends on me But who can think about that stuff When a cute boy's reading poetry Being chosen is a thing that's easy to hate I know who I am and I know it's my fate You might be a slayer if you can relate It's hard to never kill a boy on the first date Never kill a boy on the first date Cordelia, you're no threat to me But angels looking jealously At oh and oh no The secrets they grow all here we have to go to the most romantic funeral home where Giles is trapped with guilt I am racked and I know he's not my dad but he still looks after me which is nice since no one's seen my mom since back in episode three being chosen is a thing that's easy to hate but I know who I am and I know it's my fate you might be a slayer if you can relate It's hard to never kill a boy on the first date Never kill a boy on the first date By the way, I'll wear whatever I want And Xander, it's uncool To try to slut shame all your friends Just because they won't go out with you Ooh, ooh, ooh Being chosen is a thing that's easy to hate I know who I am and I know it's my fate You might be a slayer if you can relate It's hard to never kill a boy on the first date Never kill a boy on the first date Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused. And you have no idea where this came from? No. She was sent here anonymously. Mm-mm, not she. They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this. 
Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialized in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often?